Mike, I am happy to say that I have decided to give Bob Lash the last half of his last name back. He will officially be now be known as Bob Lashley. And this is because he's actually been a compelling character and has earned half of his name back. Wow. That is uh, shocking. Um, you still hate Angelo Dawkins, though? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's terrible. Oh, yeah. I mean, Spades, he's one of the worst. That's not going to change. This and other shocking statements coming up on the Miss Spots podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the speed event. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. show off with talking about money in the bank briefly briefly oh i forgot about that did you really <laughs> i i literally <laughs> forgot that we were going to talk about that on this episode that's hilarious uh god i wish i wish it was that easy for me so i i i, I have to say something here and that say that is if you enjoyed this show and you enjoyed wrestlemania especially the cinematic shtick i i don't i don't hate you for for liking that stuff you're entitled to like what you like and that's awesome you like that and you're entertained then that's incredible that's that's great that you can be entertained by that but that's not wrestling. It's not. <laughs> uh, like, you like something that's entertaining. That's awesome. But this is not wrestling. And I just, uh, it it pains me so much to watch some of this stuff and be like, this is terrible. This is terrible. And people are enjoying it. I, I, I and, and because people are enjoying it, they're going to do more of it. Yeah. That's the really sad part about it. Yeah. Uh, for me, at least. I get that there and has you, to be obviously. evolution and that there has to be, I mean, evolution, a mystery, but uh, <laughs> there, there has to be things that change in wrestling over time. I understand that. Uh, but when it becomes no longer wrestling, it just like that, that ladder match was not a match. Like, I, I don't care what you say. Having to see Shayna Baszler throw food at people. Having to see Dana Brooke slip on a wet floor. Having to see AJ Styles get uh, all out of whack over a coffin. Baron Corbin murdered two people. <laughs> well, Otis, the guy who won just wandered into the cafeteria and threw a pie. You know, it it was so ludicrous. 
there, uh, there is charm, and you're one of the people that has enjoyed comedy and wrestling over time. Yeah. You've, you've spoke about its its virtues and, and the things that you enjoy about it. We sometimes agree, sometimes disagree, and and like you said, I just because we disagree doesn't mean that you know someone's bad or wrong or whatever it is. Even though we may say so for comedic effect, but no, I, I echo your statements. This just was not for me, and I don't want to see it. I don't want to see more of this. I found none of it compelling, none of it. When you prevent, when you prevent, when you present wrestling in this way, it gives me no desire to watch it the next, the next time it comes on because I don't get a chance to suspend my disbelief and believe, and believe that there are championships that matter. And this is a wrestling uh, promotion, or, or, or a uh, that there's that there's some kind of greater goal for any of these kind of people. That there's real feuds that people care and hate each other and want to get at each other. It's uh, there's tons of TV shows that I love to watch that are not wrestling, and they're good too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> WWE is becoming a show that's not wrestling. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, and that's awful. And AEW, uh, to to their discredit, continues to do parts of exact this kind of thing that I don't like. Yeah, I, I, and it it's it's frustrating. It's mind boggling. It's something that I, I I'm I'm trying to accept to a certain point, but it's difficult. Like the the tried and true method of of wrestling that has always been good versus evil, um, and building a story that that really makes you want to see good guy beat bad guy because bad guy did something so nefarious they have to be vanquished just doesn't seem to be a thing anymore. And and yeah, some of that might have to do with the glorification of of heels being very good at being heels uh, and then being or being the cool heel. Um, but it can still be done. We've seen it in AEW. We've seen it in NXT. Uh, it just... Oh, it can... It- it can absolutely be done. And and I am not one of these people that professional wrestling is like other forms of entertainment. I, I hate people that are oh, pro wrestling is something different. No, it is the same. Hollywood has been telling the same story of good and evil in 95% of the movies they've put out since cinema was invented. And no one's saying, well, we got to change the dynamic up. Yes, there are great movies that don't have a protagonist, traditional protagonist, an antagonist. But we've been telling all literature, all movies, all TV has been telling the same story, just slightly different since the beginning of time. Professional wrestling does not need to go out on a limb like this to be able to be succeeding, to evolve and do something new and create new and interesting storylines they can still go within those those con- uh, confines because everything else does. You can't tell me that a Star Wars movie is not good versus evil <laughs> because that's exactly what it's set up to be. And it's and it's a three-act situation <laughs> that plays out most of the time exactly like you think it's going to. And you, for that amount of time, are invested in the good guy to win and the bad guy to lose for the most part. Wrestling is the same thing. 
And when it's done really, really well, and you see great feuds like Cody and Jericho, you go, this is what professional wrestling can be. I will say that the McIntyre and Seth Rollins stuff was pretty good. Yeah. I have a hard time. My, my big... So going back to the, uh, the uh, Money in the Bank pay-per-view, that Rollins and uh, Drew McIntyre match might have been pretty good. I didn't watch a lot of it. We were on Skype the whole time, and we were just talking about uh, Halloween candy and just <laughs> screwing around, and I really enjoyed that. I'm sure it was a good match. I've heard it was a good match. The feud was set up. I am having an impossible time enjoying the WWE's empty arena stuff because it's just so sanitized and drably shot. Whereas the AEW stuff, I, I watched pretty much every match on it. I'm not getting distracted nearly as much for Pineapple Pete versus Chris Jericho because there's a liveliness to the atmosphere. WWE does not know how to shoot an empty arena and make it compelling, even with a decent storyline. That's on them. They're the standard bearer and the, uh, the people are supposed to have these production values just down, yeah. dead to rights. So even the good stuff they can't present to save their lives, and the rest of it was garbage. The Strowman-Bray Wyatt stuff was garbage. Braun Strowman as your champion right now is a mistake. The presentation of Bray Wyatt is all off. They've ruined that character beyond a a salvageable place with the whole Goldberg thing and starting with Seth Rollins and the Fiend in Hell in a Cell. That was terrible. Uh, the uh, there, there's just this card was nothing, and the, the it was capped off by one of the biggest wastes of time in that Money in the Bank ladder match if you want to call it that it was unwatchable unfunny uh it had no storyline no flow to it whatsoever no believability and it was just a bunch of in jokes yeah it was a bunch of it was a bunch of mini sketches yeah strewn together with with thematic and cinematic music to mimic a reality tv show I forgot about the I, music. I've heard you brought, you brought that, this... that up halfway through the match, and I was like, I didn't notice it until then, and now you once again reminded me of that. Yeah. At no point did these look like wrestlers trying to actually accomplish anything. It looked like a bunch of people that were that they kept yelling cut and set up the next set piece. Yeah. That's not the way for, to present believable uh, sports-style entertainment. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, and, 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 and there was no wrestling there. There was actually, there was nothing interesting about it. They couldn't even present anything that was athletic in this. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was, it was a complete miss. Probably the most all athletic accounts. thing was Oscar jumping off of like the second floor to start the match off. They started the match off with the the most repetitive, boring spot in all of professional wrestling. A bunch of people looking up, watching someone jump on them and catch them. It's, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just bad. It, it was, a, it was, a, it was a, it was a fail on all accounts, in my opinion. And when it went off TV early, I didn't find myself going, "Man, they could have done more." I was like, "Oh, cool, this is over." Yeah. I get to go do something else now. So that was Money in the Bank for me. Yeah. 
And and really, I guess the big thing to really come out of it is how we kicked off Raw. You know, I, I, we don't know any of these people, right? These are people in Becky Lynch or Seth Rollins or Drew McIntyre. We follow their careers and we're excited when they get an opportunity to and their characters succeed. Yeah, but they're we, they're we, fake names. Becky, well, yeah, but, but yeah, exactly. But I'm saying Becky Lynch as the character, like I'm invested in Becky Lynch. I want yeah. Becky Lynch to be successful. I'm happy of what she has uh, achieved in the WWE and I want the best for her. I want her character to be, to be trade, work, portrayed correctly. And interestingly, I want her to be uh, the champion. I want her to, to sell more merchandise and be a bigger star. So when we find out that she's going to go away because she's pregnant, that just should be a big moment for us. And we want the best for her. I, I totally encourage her, not that she needs my encouragement, who the fuck cares what I think, but I totally encourage her to start her family and do all that stuff. We'll miss her. And she did a great job with her part of this uh, ever so shortly on the microphone and the rest of it was all trash. Asuka is an absolute goof. She's an absolute, she's a moron. She's just jumping around like, a, like an idiot, screaming. And people are entertained by this. I, I, I mean, other than like dangling shiny things in front of your face and batting it around like a cat. I don't know what that means. And... Everything about awarding the title to the person who won that briefcase is forced and pointless, and they could they could make a whole tournament out of this that Asuka could enter into, and she could say, well, I got the money in the bank briefcase. If I lose a tournament, I can cash in on the winner. Mm-hmm. There's so many better ways to do this, and they had to have known a lot of this before they taped any of this stuff. It was just cheap. Asuka and her goofiness undercut everything. I still think Asuka's a complete heel. She's played a heel like a week and a half ago. And now she's hugging Becky Lynch in the middle of the ring and congratulating her. They were just in a feud where they're trying to kill each other. I think that was a slight break in kayfabe. It wasn't a slight. It was stupid. Don't do that. Asuka... I know she's getting very popular right now for whatever reason, and the people are high on her, and she's incredible. And if they ever presented her like a real threat again, I'm beyond, I'd all be on board for it. But I hated that. It undercut everything, and it made for a terrible segment. What do you think? I I didn't mind it that much. Uh, I, I thought that it was, was kind of heartwarming. I didn't mind... The like I was saying, the slight breaking kayfabe from like I, I haven't read anything as to whether or not Oscar was, uh, in on this the entire time, but it came across as if she wasn't. Like when they, she was surprised that she she was given the title, and then kind of went into her character at that point and was doing like you were saying just the yelling screaming jumping around and then when she said when Becky said I'm going to go be a mother she snapped uh out of that and went back to like kind of real life and was like oh wow like I'm happy for you I'm uh and that's where it was just like oh 
uh, let's be real people right now for a moment. Let me congratulate you. Let me be happy for you. And I didn't mind that too much. It, it, it makes no sense in the whole story. It makes no sense for Asuka's character. But you know what? Every once in a while, something not making sense, just like that little moment, just to create something nice. I'll give it a slight pass there. I could not disagree with more. I, I, you never have a heel hug a baby face and say congratulations. If they would have had Asuka, first of all, stop being a fucking goof and jump around like an idiot and grab that title and just stand in the corner and just give her a nod, like, okay. Like, there, there's a way for a heel to, to, to give the baby face the, the moment to, to do their thing and to not step on it and you, you, not attack her. You know, there's, there's ways to do it. But I just, I just hated everything about it. I hated the way, I don't like that they handed the briefcase over. I, 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 if, they, if this would have been, if they would have changed this into a match for the championship and we knew the stakes, it would have been a better story. So many better ways to do this. Just so many better ways. And I, and I think they picked the absolute worst way that they possibly could have. Okay. Uh, there were uh, there were some actual things on Raw that I enjoyed. Uh, shockingly enough, as I mentioned in the open, uh, Bob Lashley, uh, he has. I really like what I've seen, especially in this episode. He seems motivated. Uh, his they've upgraded the CGI that <laughs> has created him, and now there's a little more personality. Lana was an albatross around his neck. I honestly stopped watching anything that had to do with what I then called Bob Lash during that time. I would just fast forward through it. I, I, ha- I haven't watched anything to do with him. And this, he was, he, there was something about his demeanor and uh, his attitude in this that I thought was far and away better than what I've seen before. I've been saying go, go away MVP for weeks now i'm not taking that back yet but the mvp interaction with him was the best thing mvp has done so far so i dig that aspect of it um yeah i I, i'm I'm digging it this guy is actually a monster of a human being he does look like he was created in a lab why is he not destroying people why is he not making people his bitch Every single week until we run him up to somebody that can stand up to him. And maybe he wins and goes on and becomes a bigger star. Or maybe he's a stepping stone for somebody else. This is the role he should have been playing all along. There's a lot to recover from because he's starting at less than zero from the garbage we've been force fed for months and months. And even before that, he was a nobody doing nothing. Uh, And by the way, Lashley doing the full Nelson for a finish. Love it. The full Nelson from a guy that looks like that. 100% believable. It's a great submission. It's a great finish. And him being able to ragdoll giant men like that is perfect. I love every aspect of that presentation. Let it be known that on episode 252, Kevin starts enjoying Bob Lashley. 
Listen, I, all you need to do is present someone as a real force. Give me something to sink my teeth into and I'll turn on a freaking dime. I will. I will. I can't say this. I might be able to tolerate Angelo Dawkins at some point if they start presenting <laughs> the Street Profits as something more than a joke. I might be able to tolerate Nia Jax if she stops killing people in the ring and gets a personality. You got to present people well and accentuate their strengths and hide their weaknesses. And that's what they're doing with Bob Lashley, Bob, I'm sorry, Bob Lashley right now. Uh, I went on a rant here. Yes. What do you think about Bob Lashley? Uh, Good, I, bad, different. Do, do, I, am, am I on the right page here? Do you not see a little this? more than indifferent? Um, he is not intolerable, uh, mainly because Lana is not as on TV with him anymore. So that's a plus to me. Uh, but I I agree with everything you said about his actual like in-ring styling, like becoming more of a monster. The addition of the, the full Nelson is a great little touch. And I really did like that interaction with MVP a lot too. It, it having a, Another heel get into the heel's head and try to motivate them or push them over the edge. It could like whichever way you want to look at it. Uh, it could be a heel manipulating another heel, but it, it, it's still an interesting scenario. I mean, even changing his tights to long to uh, long trunks, like there's a little things you can really, really do to revamp a character. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking way too much about this. Uh, the Vikings played basketball. Uh, I hated this. Yeah. Needless to say, it was awful. It was embarrassing. I don't want my friends to ever know that I watch wrestling if they have ever seen that. Anything? Yeah. That That is definitely one okay. of those those types of moments. Uh, the League of, League of Unnecessary Jobbers, as I have now uh, come to know them, uh, they continue to exist and occupy TV time in the face of their absolute inability to win matches or justify their own existence. I know that Andrade is the United States champion. I am not convinced that he didn't buy a title, a replica title online and is that's how he got it. I can't remember who he I can't remember from, who he beat for it either. But if you were to just drop me in the if you if you drop me into no NXT stuff, none of his presentation, none of his matches, none of his talent, his ability which which are obvious. If you drop me into WWE, let's say 6 weeks ago and showed me everything between then and now, I would think that this is a guy who was playing wrestler who stole Stole, didn't even buy, stole a replica belt and was parading around on WWE television. For some reason, they didn't throw him off camera because he is not believable. He loses. His manager is doing nothing. His faction can barely win a match. This is, if this is what they're doing to people that they're high on, what are they going to do to people they want to bury? And it just feels like this was the 72nd time we have seen some combination of Drew beating up a member of this group. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna say this slowly, and this will I hope be the last time. Drew McIntyre should should be beating a guy like Andrade on TV. Hundred percent. He's the world champion. He's the number one guy in the company. But you don't have to book that match because it's scripted and you can decide the matches that are booked. That's the great thing about pro wrestling. You don't have to just do stuff. You can talk about it with your friend and say, hey, does this make any fucking sense? And they should be able to go, no, you're an idiot. Don't do that. So, uh, yeah, I, I feel bad for everybody in that group because two of them are very talented. One of them is obviously a creator wrestler come to life by some kind of lightning accident, but that is its own thing uh, to be discussed. Uh, the wild card rule is back. Yeah, just right? under a new name. Uh, it's, it's under a new name, but it's back. I, I They ended that unceremoniously, basically, almost like admitting like this was the stupidest idea we ever had, and we're doing this and we're supposed to be in competition and all this other garbage. And we know in November there'll be competition again and it will be all a big thing. And, and you and I will complain about it until we're blue in the face. But the wild card rules back and they broke the two brands to dun, 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 bring us the match that literally no human being has ever asked for and will never ask for in uh, if there are multiple realities right if there if we exist in a plane and there are multiple realities spiraling out of every decision we've ever had and there are an infinite amount of universes in all of the cosmos there is not one reality where a single person has ever gone man i'd love to see king corbin fight drew mcintyre <laughs> Not one. This never happened. I'm going out on a limb. Not one iteration of any human being has has ever even thought that as a joke. And they're giving that to us. Doctor Strange ran all of the scenarios. (laughs) And and (laughs) And not a single one. And he didn't hold up one finger. He made the big old zero. Not a single person has ever even thought to do this. It is just preposterous. It makes the brand split and the two different brands even more meaningless and embarrassing. And yeah, so that's what we got. Uh, A Moment of Bliss, still waiting for a watchable one of those. Still waiting. Uh, Uh, she, She says... Uh, when the Iconics came out uh, uh, demanding a title match, she goes, you don't just walk out here and demand title matches. That's not how it works. That's how it works almost exclusively <laughs> in WWE. <laughs> that's, the, that's the only way it works, uh, pretty much. Yeah, this was this was obviously terrible because a moment of bliss, and there has not been a single talk show Uh, in the WWE in the last 20 years that has been justified in its existence. Uh, So we we absolutely know that. Uh, The champs lose this match because the WWE has no other conceivable way to ever book a challenger to go up against the champion. 
because they can't book a number one contenders match or a tournament or or do some kind of ranking system. That would be logical. So they just have this, which is terrible. Logical uh, versus uh, versus terrible. So cool. Uh, Rey Mysterio had his eye destroyed by Seth Rollins. Do you have anything to say about this? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, Edge and Randy Orton. Uh, they are working this feud backwards. Yes. <laughs> uh, maybe it's genius. I will say this. Randy did a great job here. Yes, he did. Randy has been on his highest form for this entire feud. I did not watch the second night of WrestleMania because I respect myself. So I didn't watch that. So I did not see their match. And I read enough about it to know that I never have to see that match because it wasn't any good. But the buildup was the best thing the WWE has done in a long time. The prospect of continuing that feud is not awful, but to work from a last man standing, I'm going to murder you with everything I see match to, hey, listen, we're going to up the stakes this time. We're going to have a good old fashioned wrestling match where we're going to win this thing in the middle of the ring with no foreign objects. A little weird. Yeah. Yeah. I am open to the fact that it might be genius. And with Randy and Edge being able to do good work, I'm not completely opposed to it. But on the surface, it seems a little silly. And I feel like the feud is over. They blew this thing off at fucking WrestleMania. Yes, it was this WrestleMania, which doesn't count. But they still blew this thing off in a way, and they're continuing it. Are we in Uh, Memento? Uh, maybe just uh, there's backwards. always that di- there's always that distinct possibility yeah i uh <laughs> I, I was more intrigued and just kind of perplexed by this than anything else uh, i i i never thought of it in the uh, whole working backwards thing until you mentioned it and i think that that's fantastic but i i agree that randy was just he was great in that and it, it was i i'm i'm happy that i stayed up and watched it because i i had a feeling like i went to bed early the previous week i've fallen asleep during episodes of raw but i was like you know what i have a i have a good feeling about this edge randy or in thing because uh it, it's it's likely to be good and and it was so i was happy and satisfied by that I'm looking forward to seeing what what they end up doing. Um, maybe they have a fun little actual wrestling match. My big problem is I I can't watch anything the WWE produces as far as normal wrestling matches because they're not intriguing and they don't shoot them well and it, they look like garbage in the performance center. Yeah, that's true. So I'm having a hard time enjoying it. But listen, credit where credit's due. Randy's killing it. He's doing a great job. They're presenting this feud in the right way. And even the way that they continued to run this, I, like I said, it's weird, but 
just because it's weird doesn't mean it's not good. Talking about changing things up and doing things differently, maybe this is this is this works because it hasn't been done before this way. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give him a pass on that and say it was pretty cool. Uh, I have to say one more thing before we get onto AEW. Uh, Charlie Caruso is useless. <laughs> yeah, and I long for the days where we could have a backstage interviewer that was something more than a mic stand. Yeah. Because I know it's really easy to pine for the good old days. And I, I listen, by the way, there are professional wrestling announcers that you, that people talk about that Jim Ross or Cornette or whoever was, would talk about as being like these iconic gods of announcing. You go back and listen to them call matches. They are, you can't listen to them. It was a different time. It, it was so slow paced. It, it wasn't good. Nowadays, it would be embarrassing to listen to. But Mean Gene Okerlund <laughs> added something to every interview. He, it was important that he did it. Mm-hmm. Even in the Attitude Era, Michael Cole was a better backstage interviewer than anything the WWE has put on. And most of the time, unless it's Shivani, AEW does. If If... There's a good rule of thumb. If the person holding the microphone for the wrestler adds nothing to the equation, just have the wrestler hold the mic. Yeah, pretty much. I, I, I mean, and I don't, I, I don't get why that's so complicated. Almost every backstage interview, in-ring interview, uh, starts off with one question and then diverts into something else being interrupted or, or something of that matter and that person then just hits the bricks charlie popping back in to go what's your answer to edge was kind of cringy but i laughed at the same time i was like really like she's just she just kind of ruined the moment uh too like if they could have an interviewer that actually asks a tough question that that sparks something big or uh, acts, asks a follow up or or pro or, or uh, gives an extra uh, vibe to the feud, I, there's it makes us entertained. Like we remember that they existed and that they're there. There's not a single Charlie Caruso in a backstage segment that you can point to over the past however many years she's been doing it. Other than Seth Rollins calling her Chuck. Yeah. That's about the best thing we've ever seen. But you can point to great Mean Gene Oakland moments and why why they brought some kind of flavor to it. And that's not against Charlie Caruso. It's the fact that the WWE does not want to create any personalities other than professional wrestlers. There's no personality to referee. They don't matter. There's no personality to the commentary. They don't matter. They just spout talking points. Michael Cole uh, is Tom Phillips. They are the same. They might as well be the same person. There's no personality. There's no differentiation of anything but the wrestlers. And even they are basically all the same person, saying the same script, wrestling the same match. So was that a good critique of Raw? Uh, I would say so. <laughs> uh. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's move on. All right, so uh, let's let's talk a little AEW, which, like, uh, as you alluded to earlier, they 
are so much better at portraying these like these shows with their wrestlers in the crowd. They have pyro um, lights and and all of that going on. Um, the 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 Cody and Archer uh, segment was mm, kind of cringy to me. All right, what didn't you like? Uh, some of the stuff that Jake Roberts was saying seemed a little weird and uh, dated. And it then, was, but I thought it was effective. And then Cody just sitting in his truck outside, <laughs> revving the engine, it dressed in his like suit. Then he hit the gas ever so slightly and knocked over a barricade very gently. <laughs> Comes out with taped fists. Like and his vest. Yes. He's dressed he's dressed in his in his corporate attire, butt tape fists, revving his engine outside of an arena because someone said, "You're on." <laughs> like, you know, like the camera's on you now. We're live. Uh yeah, this this was all over the fucking place. The the age-old trope that it, I guess started with, I don't know, Stone Cold in a beer truck of I'm driving a vehicle into the arena, uh, one of the many things, retire this forever until you have a good idea, right? So retire talk show segments until you can write a competent one retire the entire idea of a heel uh, authority figure until someone can step up and actually make sense about it and retire the I drive something into the arena thing until it makes any kind of fucking sense because this certainly did it. It looked so contrived, so stupid, and really undercut this feud. Now, once we got out of that, and we saw these two go at it in the ring. It was a, it was exactly what it should have been. Mm-hmm. If this would have just been Cody walking out, taping his fists as he was doing it, like, yeah, you're in here doing this. Yeah, you keep running your mouth. And going after Lance Archer, I would have been all for it. The Jake stuff, yes, it was old, it was dated, but he's an old man. <laughs> I, I kind of dug it. I thought it worked. I, I thought it was, it was that pure bullshit you know, heel stuff. And I liked other aspects of it. I just thought that the rest of that presentation was, it was just silly. Yeah. It did not help. Uh, Speaking of undercutting, uh, Cody was the first of, uh, how many did you say? Uh, People who did cutters uh, throughout the show. Oh, you mean, you mean uh, ACW? All cutter wrestling? Uh, Yeah. The, the, a- AEW gives their performers, their wrestlers, a lot of leeway to use the stuff I'm guessing they used in the indies. There were four people that used cutters and matches in, in or in segments on AEW. We can all ca- also call it ACDW, which would be all Canadian Destroyer wrestling because everyone uses a Canadian Destroyer. At some point, an agent, if they call him that there, has to go to someone and go, hey, don't do this. We don't want 
signature moves being used by every single person on the roster. So, yeah, but it was. It was the first of four people, I believe, to use a cutter. Yeah, uh, it, it, it that is a little frustrating. Um, the I'm trying to uh, order doesn't really matter. We had a couple. We had a couple tag team matches because it's AEW. Um, best friends beating uh, Jurassic Express that set up uh, issues with Jungle Boy and MJF for a match at Double or Nothing. And well, that was already set up. Oh, that was that, that match was already set up. So there was a pre-existing reason for that. And you also had the Lucha Brothers uh, having a problem with uh, Best Friends, yeah. which has been going on for a while. Yeah. Uh, this this match had two big hurdles. One, a bunch of outside the ring and contrived bullshit, which is the signature of all AEW tag matches where everyone's in the ring hitting giant moves for a minute and a half and nothing matters and there's no rules. That always happens. That was a problem. And then you had a shit ton of outside interference. If they just would have had, they could have had all the outside interference because it was all storyline related and could have really, really worked. And if you would have had the heel groups, you have MJF and Wardlow and you've got Ray Phoenix from the Lucha Brothers, both kind of ruining this really good match between two babyface teams. That's a great story to tell. Mm-hmm. That would have been really cool. That would have made a lot of sense. And we could have kept the the action in the ring and we could have kept this thing as not a, you know, a gentleman's match by any stretch, stretch of the imagination, but a good old fashioned freaking match where Jungle Boy takes a nice long heat segment and he has to rally to tag and tag in Luchasaurus. And we don't have to have all this garbage on the outside and all this breakdown of everything that has to happen in every tag team match in AEW, and it would have told, told a more focused and a better story for what I think they were trying to do. Yeah. So that was my problem with that. That that makes sense. Um, and then uh, the Santana Ortiz match against uh, Hardy and Omega. Let me let me ask. I guess I guess we kind of got an answer to this a little bit later on. I was going to say uh, or ask. How long can they go with Hangman not being there and still having them be the tag team champions? You know, they they finally mentioned it at some point with I think Jim Ross might have mentioned it at some point of the fact that or well Jericho made a joke about Jericho it. Jericho mentioned Hangman. Yeah, but I, I believe that Ross mentioned it during the match is that, you know, Hangman can't travel or whatever it is. And they've made a couple of references. AEW is not afraid to talk about the reason why people aren't on the show. Yeah. The same thing with the Dark Order. And of course, you want to have some kind of reality, bring in the fact of the reality instead of WWE, which says, don't ever mention anything that's going on because we're all fucking idiots. Uh yeah, at some point they're going to have to do something because Matt Hardy as Kenny Omega's partner is not very good. They don't work well together. I don't like really anything Matt Hardy's doing right now. And the start of this match with Omega taking a beatdown and Matt Hardy taking 45 minutes to get out there and get in the ring. Like, so this is what we're doing, right? Yeah. This is how we're going to promote this thing. Yeah, I will say this. Matt looked... In the ring, about as good as I've seen him in a long, long time. I always say, you know, Matt, Bones of Glass, Hardy, because he 
looks like he can barely, his knees barely bend at this point. And he looked a little more spry and he looked like he was in a little bit better physical. His capacity was a little bit higher than what I've seen recently, or at least in the WWE times. So that was a, uh, a welcome thing, but I, I don't care about Damascus and I don't care about drones. And at least he didn't do a costume change. Maybe that's the best part of the whole show. Um, so what we got later on after Chris uh, Jericho beat Pineapple Pete was the elite challenge or the elite being challenged by the inner circle to a, what did he call a stadium stampede match? Yeah. Um, at double or nothing. Now we know Cody's already in a match with Lance Archer. So are we now making the assumption that Matt Hardy is taking Cody's place uh, when he was initially taking Nick Jackson's place and that the Bucks and Hangman are coming back for this match? We we can only make assumptions right now, but I assume they'll touch more on that next week. Yeah, I mean, uh, th- this is making lemons out of lemonade, right? I mean, we're, we're still never saw blood and guts, and unfortunately, I think that would have been great, and or maybe it wouldn't have been. Maybe it would have been terrible, but I was looking forward to it, and they were telling a pretty decent story up until including Matt Hardy in the in the proceedings. But yeah, I, I think it could it could work out okay for that. Uh, the the big problem I had was the drone stuff. I I just I just don't get it. You, uh, Chris Jericho is the most decorated person in all of AEW. And honestly, I was thinking about this earlier this week. The promotion is suffering, and I think there's a lot of other things going on, and it might not be fair to John Moxley. Moxley's not a biggest star of Jericho. I, I don't think he's the right person to have this belt right now. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm being clouded by the COVID stuff and all the, the, the turmoil with professional wrestling and AEW in general. But... Jericho is the biggest star. He's one of the best talkers, and he kind of belongs there in that situation right now until someone really is hot enough to take it off of him. I don't think Moxley was there, and all this other stuff hasn't helped. And to have your guy that probably still should be carrying your gold, beating up a drone and talking to it like it's a person, I just kind of got a problem with that. I don't dig it. I don't want to see any more of it. <laughs> so, yeah, fighting in a football stadium and put on another mediocre brawl like was done a week before, that's passing stuff that, to me, is like making the best out of a bad situation. Talking to drones, that's a calculated risk that you failed on. <laughs> that's a calculated risk. <laughs> Uh, I I just think that it 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 goes a little bit with uh, Jericho's just weird delusional silly heel character that he is. Um, I by all means I don't need to see more Vanguard One on my television. Uh, I I feel like the the symbolism there of them beating it up and destroying it uh, worked for me in that that case. But, uh, yeah, I, I do think that they're just trying to make the best of the situation here. But but if you had Jericho being still funny, not playing into Matt Hardy's delusion, if you have the 
drone coming in and Jericho is making fun of the entire concept of it. There is ways to do it where he doesn't look like a goof. There are ways. I'm not saying they should do it. I don't like any aspect of the Matt Hardy character and how it's been presented so far in AEW. They started by teleporting. Let's never forget that. Hashtag never forget. I think that's what that's for. But <laughs> uh, I just, uh, like, there are ways to go. Matt Hardy thinks this thing's, re- this is this, Matt Hardy thinks this thing's a person. So we're going to beat it with a baseball bat. Right? That could work. That's a great heel thing to do. So, I don't know. I, I just don't get it. Uh, the women's four-way match was pretty good. Had some pretty good spots in it. Yeah. Uh, included pretty much everybody outside of Nia, Nyla Rose, who is the champion, who belongs in that picture. But uh, And it had the right outcome because uh, Sheeta is, should have been the challenger for a long time now. The one thing I'll say about the women's division, it could really use singles matches to define characters push forward storylines, multi-person matches don't let us really let somebody shine. So if we would have put Cheetah with the number three person on that list, whoever that was, whether that's uh, the person from the Andromeda Galaxy or whatever it is, I would have liked that match better as a singles match where we can really tell a story about one person and really push them as a as a character instead of having kind of a jumble of a bunch of people running around. Well, it looks like they're splintering off, uh, Dr. Britt, uh, who is dentist, uh, and oh, Statlander. Yeah. And, uh, no, I so like that. They could have done Penelope Ford and Sheeta, uh, there in a singles match. Well, they could have, or they could have put Statlander and, uh, Sheeta if they were number one and number two. I, I don't know what the rankings are. I think they and are they could one have had and Britt two. Baker come down and yeah, I think so too. And they could have Britt Baker come out and do something with, with a distraction or something. I'm just basically saying that the women's division needs more character development. Britt Baker's the only one that is really getting character development and really understanding who she is and why we should care about her. Nyla Rose is a distant second there with some video packages and being the champion. The rest of them, we don't know. We don't know who fucking yeah. Hikaru Shida is. We really don't know anything about Chris Statlander. So singles matches are a better opportunity for the commentary team to talk about them, better opportunity for video packages, and we could just go for more of that. I'm not saying it was a fail. I think it was fine. I'm just saying we need more of that. We need more development with that mm-hmm. division. Yeah, I get that. Um, And... is. It- Besides the Brody Lee Daniels match and then the the aftermath with with Moxley, uh, was there anything else of note? That uh, not really. I no, I just I don't think. No, I I don't think there really was. But to me, this was just a really really clear picture about the fact that the Dark Order do not belong in the main event picture. Yeah. Brody Lee does not. The Dark Order does not. They're trying. I mean, the I stole your title belt and I've got a bunch of goons to throw at you is not terrible. It's not, you know, basement level stuff. It can work, but it's not a real threat. Uh, Brody Lee going way too long with Christopher Daniels. I have a lot of respect for Christopher Daniels. I know he's an excellent worker who's been in the business for a very, very long time, but up until you know, 
four weeks ago, we were having a storyline that maybe he can't wrestle anymore. And he's kind of botching moves in the ring. And now he might be washed up. And now he goes way longer with Brody Lee, who's supposed to be a monster than he probably should have. Yeah, I, I agree. I thought that was kind of kind of a mistake there. And also, Brody Lee just doesn't look that good. I, he hasn't done really anything impressive in the ring. Hasn't shown off the athleticism that we saw in the WWE. He's getting older. I, that might be part of it. But he has not been impressive. Let's just put it that way. He's, Even in the squash matches, has not been that impressive. He's a little more methodical. He's slower moving. I, I don't know if that's to make him look menacing. That like a uh, s- slow moving character means menace. Like you think of like horror movies, how the the villain always walks. Um, I don't know if that's what they're going for there. But yeah, I, I miss some of the quickness and the explosiveness of uh, his time in WWE. Uh, I mean, like he could still deliver. Like that that big boot that he delivers looks like it. it kicks a person's face off a lot of the times with how quickly he can deliver that. And he still puts a lot of oomph behind when he does the sit out power bomb and the discus lariat. But outside of those three moves, it does seem plotting. Yeah. And listen, no one's saying that he's not a talented professional wrestler. Yeah. I, I think the presentation has been awful. I think that 90% of any talking segments that he's been involved have been cringeworthy. This is not a this is this group is not ready for prime time, and they're putting them in the title picture. A couple months back, we've got Moxley and Jericho. Months before that, we've got the most over babyface in the company and the biggest star in the company in Cody and Jericho, and now we've got Moxley, who is very good, and I like Moxley a lot. I'm not sure he's a world champion in his current presentation. Not sure. He might be. Maybe with a great heel to go up against, he might be. And we've got a WWE cast-off who has a lot of talent, but hasn't been prevented, presented very well. It's not. And before that, we had Moxley and Hager. Almost the same kind of thing. Big guy from the WWE, never really did anything. Kind of okay. I don't know. I uh, I think it's uh, the the world title picture is a uh, is not the strongest right now, and we're seeing segments at the end of the show that just don't stand up to snuff. Yeah, uh, I I almost feel like they need to look for a way to put that title back on Jericho, uh, or get a, or get a a challenger to Moxley that really highlights him. You know, Moxley is. I was, this is, not, this is something, something I was thinking about the other day as well, is that Moxley might just be a really, really talented upper mid-carder. Uh, I look at his his main event run in the WWE, and it was okay. It, there was nothing special about it. And his promos are kind of wild and can be fun, but they can also be not that coherent or good. Uh, I don't know. I, he's... Uh, he's a little bit of an enigma. I think that's probably how his character is supposed to be (laughs) portrayed in some ways, but without someone really, really strong to go up against and they, for many reasons, uh, both in their control and out of their control, 
they didn't set it up to have someone strong for him to come out with this feud uh, after the Jericho situation. And I think it's he's suffering. If they had somebody for him to be set up for, if it was Wardlow with good, a good push, MJF, which they shouldn't do, but with a, with a good storyline behind it, Lance Archer. Uh, with uh, Jake the Snake coming in and a really, really strong push for a new monster. If there was somebody else for him to go up against that would really solidify him and give him something to sink his teeth into, I think it could have worked, but I don't think it's working right now. I I think he's talented. I think that it's salvageable. But right now, your biggest stars in the company are Jericho and Cody. And the next tier of people that are really over and really talented are guys like MJF. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Might be time to put the title on someone like that. Because right now they're the most interesting. They're the people that are most compelling. They're yeah. the ones that I want to watch the most. And when the stadiums come back, they're the people that get the biggest pops. You know, oh, and Hangman Page. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's actually gotten over. Big time, and we—I didn't mention them because we haven't seen them forever. But those are those are your really really strong people there, and uh, you know, once again, I, I hate saying that because I do like Moxley a lot, but uh, it has been something that I've kind of just been watching, going, "This is kind of okay, just kind of okay." Yeah. All right, so that does it for AEW. Um, Anything else you want to touch on? No, I, I was actually thinking as I'm watching you rub your eyes with a, uh, <laughs> a frequency and a veracity that I've never seen before. What I really want to do is keep you on this uh, podcast and this call as long as possible. Because <laughs> I want to see at some point will you just fall asleep while we're talking. Uh, so that's the only thing I was thinking about. <laughs> I, it, it could make compelling uh, podcast material. I'm I'm sure of that. Um, we rarely do this on video uh, calls, but we have been doing the last couple of weeks because we are desperate for human contact. But I, I am finding it very, very adorable. You're like one of those puppies that is like kind of like yawning and over and over again. I, 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 it's very cute, Michael. Uh, there is something not right now, but on a future episode, I'd like to I'd like to talk a little bit about some of these uh, dark side of the ring uh, shows uh, on Vice because uh, I haven't watched all of them. I think you're completely up to date on them. I uh, did not for... watch the one this last Tuesday about the Road Warriors, but I have okay. watched every other one. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'd love to talk. I'd love to talk about those. Yeah, yeah. I think they've been pretty good. Maybe, yeah, maybe we can uh, skip some uh, some raw at some point and uh, talk some. Now, about we're <laughs> now we're talking. Now we're talking. All right. But in the meantime, thanks everyone for joining us. Check us out on social media at Miss Spots on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and in the meantime, you can listen to this show in uh, one of many different wonderful fashions, whichever suits your needs, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or just our website, MissBotsPodcast.com or simply MissBots.com. For Kevin, my name's Mike. We'll see you next week. Good night. Good wrestling.